Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join T2 and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson. And me, Spencer Locker. Spence, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, mate. I've got a couple of I've got a couple of concerns. I've got a I'm sort of I'm, I'm dealing with it, but yeah, there's there's things going going around my head. Weird like, things. Like what? Like technology. Like what? Misheard lyrics. Misheard lyrics. Misheard lyrics. Have I been singing them this morning? Well no, well, sort of, but not. You remember Roy Castle? Hmm. And um and, and record breakers. Yeah. Song? Do you remember the song he used to sing? Oh, no, I don't. I do when you sing it. Right. He sings Dedication. That's the name of the game. But every time I hear it, I keep thinking he's saying Delegation. <laughs> delegation. Which that's brings, the name of the game. Which brings us nicely into today's topic. I'm laughing because I had no clue why, where he was going with that. But today's topic for this podcast is Delegation. Yeah. You know, and in memory of... <laughs> Uh, the late Roy Castle, of course. Of course. But um, delegation, Spence, uh, it's an interesting topic, but it's very important. It's a word that is used quite a lot in leadership. It's a, it's something that comes up in our sessions time and time again. Uh, and I think that still today, and even probably because of the pandemic and the hybrid environment now, delegation is is becoming a challenge more yeah, and more. Very much so, yeah. In fact, we're seeing leaders, managers, people just generally trying to hoard activities and tasks and processes and just control them and do them themselves. They're still doing far too much. It's like when we speak with managers, isn't it? it they're still doing far too much. I always have this saying, Spencer, which says, your diary is your statement of intent. What does your diary say about you? And you look in their diary over the next two weeks and it is jam-packed full of stuff where I'm going, can't your team do this? Hmm. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing these calls? Why do you have that? Why do you do that weekly report? Why, you know, you're a head of or you're a director. You know, surely you need to delegate these activities and tasks, these calls, these meetings to other people. And uh, we always get a million excuses, don't we, Spencer? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it, and you know what? The predictable, but the different, aren't they? Because, I mean, you've got your different motivators, you've got your different people, different leaders, and, and they, they struggle with delegation for a variety of different reasons. They do. Uh, you know, I'll give you an example. The perfectionist leader. Yeah. If you're a leader listening to this and you're a perfectionist, you're going to struggle to delegate because in order to have it perfect, correct, and right, as we call it, mm. uh, within print, as to have something perfect, correct, and right, you sort of think, well, I'll just do it myself. Yeah, because that way I'm, I'm guaranteed I'm going to get the standard that I require. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. So... Perfectionists struggle to delegate. Um, power, power, what's players. the word? Power players. Power players. The, the leaders who are strong and want to be in charge and in control yeah. and the alpha type mentalities, right? They don't delegate because they feel out of control. It's a control thing with them. If they're not involved and not doing stuff at a granular level, they feel out of control. Or sometimes it's just to make themselves bloody useful. <laughs> Because the power play is sort of, if if they're sat up from a distance looking and doing their job and actually leading, they get a bit of itchy feet. They, mm. want, they want to start being useful. They want to start being valued. So they go and start meddling, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, you have them type of leaders. <laughs> um, you have your nervous anxiety, neuroticism 
driven leaders yeah. who just worry about things going wrong. You know, their worst nightmare is being accountable for something that then goes wrong on their watch. So theirs is more of a, right, I'm going to struggle to delegate stuff and, and empower people because I'm terrified of stuff being messed up or going wrong. And and we could go on and on, Spence. Yeah. There's a variation yeah. of different types of leader that we work with, but they all struggle to delegate for different reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's like the intention is is a good one because I want to ensure that I'm doing my job properly and, 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 and delivering for the organization. But the impact of both on your team and the outcome is astronomical at times. So delegation is is, is worth tabling and, and, and I've observed something through research and feedback and we've uh, come up with a little bit of an idea of where does delegation go wrong? What is the delegation dilemma? And right, I, And yeah. I think it's worth play, t- talking about that on this podcast. Go on then, go on then. <laughs> Cheers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are you contributing on this podcast, Spence? Yeah, I'm just going to sit back, get my cabana out and just watch you, watch you do your thing. Yeah. Well... <laughs> The delegation dilemma, if you imagine a circle and there's four points to the circle, to the cycle of delegation, starting right at the top, moving clockwise, you know, to the um, three o'clock position, six o'clock position, nine o'clock position, 12 o'clock position. I have a mental picture, Martin. You have a mental picture. I thought I'd break that down for you, Spence, right? (laughs) So right at the top at 12 o'clock, you've got delegation, the word delegation. So you've got to actually delegate something effectively for for you know for, for it to happen you've yeah. got to take you know you perfectionist you control freaks your anxiety induced leaders whatever it is you've got to pluck up the courage to delegate we have a saying in the military don't we delegate to the point of discomfort that's what great leaders do right so this is before we even get to the other three this is where it's going wrong already even when you delegate so if there's, no, if there's anything you take from this podcast, let it be this. What people are blissfully unaware of, Spence, and we've unpicked this and uncovered it through hundreds of conversations and sessions and feedback, is there are three different types of delegation. Three? Three. Right, all right. Yep, yep. If you simplify it, mm. there's three different types of delegation, which if you're not crystal clear on which of these three levels of delegation you are offering to the recipient Mm -hmm. that's where it starts to break down already and this is where very quickly you're going to get back involved and start meddling all right yeah yeah so if you think about it this way if you're delegating anything in the workplace there is the process of actually achieving something you know like the tasks the inputs the process Mm. and there's the outcome you want to achieve yeah so if you think about those two facets then there's three variations of that Variation one, right, let's call it fulfillment. You are simply delegating, I need you to achieve this outcome in this way by doing X. And what you're simply delegating is the process of executing it. Yeah. So there's no empowerment there. No. Everybody thinks if you delegate something to me, I've got empowerment. Wrong. (laughs) Right? As a leader on level one, fulfillment, I am delegating, I need you to achieve this outcome Right, you know, I need you to complete the payroll by filling in these details in the Sage system by Friday. There's no empowerment around that. No. It's I am delegating the outcome and the process and tasks. You just need to now execute for me. Does this make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah. So level one, let's call it fulfillment, mm-hmm. is I am delegating a outcome and a series of 
tasks and the way you execute that, and you've just got to go do it. Right, okay. Next level, level two of delegation. It's, I am still delegating the outcome to, to you. Here's what I want you to achieve. But this time, you've got empowerment over the way you execute it. So actually, that's that level of delegation has to be clear and understood by the recipient. Okay, mm. so you want me to uh, come up with a report, a forecast report for the next quarter. But how I compile the data, how I present that, how I deliver that is entirely down to me. Yes, correct. Got freedom over the execution piece. Right. Does this make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> level two is completely different to level one. Make no bones about it. You know, you can delegate an outcome and process and tasks and say, that's what I need you to execute to the letter of the law. Or you can delegate an outcome and give freedom over how the recipient does that. Yeah. Level three, complete empowerment and freedom. It's like, we need to improve in these areas, in this business or this department, or we need to find ideas <clears throat> to deliver X. Yeah. You go and have complete freedom over how we achieve that, or over what we are going to do and how we achieve that. Yeah. So it's like, come up with outcomes, come up with things that we're going to deliver to be able to enhance this business or drive outcomes. And you've got complete freedom over how you do it. That's like the utopian level of delegation. Mm. People who uh, are given that level of empowerment and delegated authority to do that, that's where they they really feel engaged, right? Yeah. But the world of work doesn't work where you can do level three all the time on everything. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work like that. No, no. And you're deluded if you think it does. So, But delegation is still important. So I'm going to bring you in for your initial thoughts on this, Spence. However, yeah. what I'm saying here is it goes wrong at the first level of the delegation dilemma cycle. Yeah. Right at the top at 12 o'clock on, de- on delegation because you are not crystal clear on what level of delegation you are granting to the recipient. That makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, how many times have, have, have we been in situations where people haven't completed an outcome or not done it in the right way, or we feel it's not being done in the right way? Sometimes we'll we'll do the delegation thing where we've got an outcome. This is what I want to, you to achieve. And then you go about it in a certain way, and then they're sort of hovering in the background watching what you're doing and like, well, oh, no, that's not how I do it. Yeah, that's that, not, that, yeah. that saying you've just said is a crippler for team members. Yeah. When you go where you get something delegated, it's not being communicated clearly on what level of delegation you've got. So you assume authority, empowerment, right? You go and do something, you deliver it, you come back, and the manager goes, I wouldn't do it like that. I, I need to go back and do it like this. <clears throat> so all of a sudden, it's like, hang on a second, you delegated it to me. So surely my way is the way to do it. Well, no, what happened was there wasn't clear on the level of delegation they were given. They should have said, listen, I want you to achieve this. And really, for efficiency, I'd like you to do it in this way. Because then when they come back and do it, it's like, job's done. So at the origins of delegation, I want people to think about which of the three levels, one, two, or three, are you granting? Number one, here's the process, here's the outcome, just execute it. Exactly how I've delegated it. Level two, Here's the outcome that I really need to achieve. There's no you know, ambiguity over that. I need this particular outcome, but how you get there is down to you. And level three, we need to move this business forward. We need to improve. We need to innovate. We need to just have complete creative freedom 
go and start finding different outcomes that we can achieve and ways in which we can achieve it. So, Mm. and if you're clear on that, there is no comeback. There's no ambiguity and it will settle your own nerves. If you're clear on what you've delegated at which level, it will settle. You're sort of contracting with the individual of what we're both agreeing here. So to avoid the delegation dilemma, first and foremost, which of the three levels are you delegating and be clear to people? And if you do that, you're setting off on this cycle on the front foot. Okay, good stuff. Let's go to three o'clock. So you've delegated and you've been clear on one of the three. Yeah. Communication is the second cycle. The only thing worse than probably poor communication is no communication at all. All right, so... You've got to, just because you've delegated something with one of the three levels of criteria empowerment, be on hand as a leader to communicate through that is incredibly important because sometimes people need a check-in. People just need to come back to you and say, can I just clarify? You have given me complete freedom over how we get there, right? Yes, that's correct, Spence. Cool, got you. Well, I'm just, just let me run this by because it might be a bit maverick. I'm Mm. thinking of doing X, Y, and Z. What do you think? Yeah, great, go do it. Be on hand to communicate. Mm. Don't go meddling, but be available to communicate. Communication through as a leader is key. And what happens is, if you come to me, Spence, if I've delegated and you come to me with a sanity check or a question, I've got to resist the temptation because something's arisen, an an issue or a question, to just say, wrestle it back off you and say, do you know what, I'll do it. Yeah. (laughs) You're clearly clearly losing short, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. So don't break the loop at communication when there's an issue or a problem arising because what I need to do is coach and guide you through it but leave the level of delegation I've granted to you with you. Just because you're coming to me, just because there's a hiccup in the road, just because there's a challenge doesn't mean I need to take it back off you. Yeah. Like setting up for this podcast earlier, (laughs) which no one will know, but there's three of us. Very intelligent people all sat around a PC trying to bloody make the technology work because we had a <laughs> challenge. And I'm and I'm sat back thinking, I can do this in two minutes, but I can't jump in, so I'll let Spence and Dylan just crack on with it. And, you know, um, delegation is key, but communication and being on hand to, to communicate is key, but do mm. not jump back in the first time somebody comes back to you for with a challenge, an issue, or a question. Yeah. Let's move on to six o'clock. Assuming that we're there for communication and we're doing well with that, recognition. So when you've delivered what I've asked you to deliver at levels one, two, or three, I cannot miss the opportunity to recognize what's just happened. Mm. Spence, top job. Absolutely love it. It's where we want it to be. Like it. Because what that does on the cycle is it goes to the nine o'clock, which is the final part, which is motivation. Mm. You will have the motivation to want to do more and take more on. Hmm. Because not only have you been granted the level of delegation, it's been crystal clear to you. Not only at the second step have I been on hand for communication, but I've not stepped in and empowered you and left you to deliver it. Then I've taken time to recognize what we've done right and where it's gone well. So you're sort of left with fulfillment of achievement and the motivation to go again. Yeah, we talk about this, don't we, when we're talking about brain chemicals, dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. So what you're doing uh, it ultimately is by through the recognition, you're creating that motivation by making me feel good about what I've done, uh, making me feel good about our relationship, making me f- trust you and you trust me. So all that oxytocin and serotonin and things like that means that the next time you come along, 
and say, Spence, can you do this for me? I'm more inclined, my brain's sort of saying, yeah. yeah. Work for him because when you do the job, he makes you feel good by saying things. Yeah, and, and the other important thing to say about this is delegation and communication are really important. And, and, and as we talked about on them first two steps, that's where generally it falls in. But the recognition and motivation piece is absolutely, it's, it, you know, it's the antidote to resentment. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah. say that again because it's a really important point to reflect on. After you've delegated something and you've been clear on which of the three levels of delegation it is, and after you've been on hand to communicate but not stepped in and allowed it to happen, the recognition and motivation piece is the antidote to resentment. Because if I complete steps one and two really, really well, and I absolutely miss the opportunity for three and four, sooner or later, it will become a thankless task for you. And sooner or later, you will build up resentment and think, he's taking the piss out of me. He's delegating everything down, right? I've, I'm working my ass off and I get nothing at the back of it. Not even a word, not even an acknowledgement, not even a thanks, right? Mm. So it might seem really simple and it might seem a fluffy thing, but it's not. It is the antidote to resentment. And I think even if you're a leader or a coach or whoever it is listening to this, even if you think, well, I'm quite clear on my delegation and I'm always on hand to communicate and I don't step in, ask yourself your question. Do you take the little opportunities to recognize, thank and reward the outcome that the person has achieved in order to give them fulfillment and motivate them to go again. And if the answer is, maybe I could be better at that. Maybe I'm just busy and I don't get the chance. Maybe I don't feel like, do you know what some leaders say to me, Spence? Why should I give them recognition? It's their bloody job. They get paid to do it. And I think, piss off. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I do, I do. I hate that saying. It's like, I'm, I'm not being funny, man, but they get paid to do it. Why do they need a pat on the back? You need to check yourself. You need to. You seriously don't understand social sciences, and you seriously don't understand human beings and how to mobilize and motivate and galvanize teams. Yeah. If that's coming out your in mouth, yeah. Excuse my French. <laughs> Do you see the way I did my Norman Collier there? And yeah, just disguised yeah. it. Just, just cut out right at the right moment then. So, the delegation <laughs> dilemma is a cycle, and there's four steps to it. And I hope this is clear for people, but you've got to complete all steps. You've got to think about them all as a leader if you're going to delegate effectively and not only drive the right outcomes that you want to drive, but reward and recognize and motivate the person to feel great about it so they'll go again. Great leaders, like great sportsmen and women, they they work in a dinner suit. You ever heard the saying like, a footballer will play in a dinner suit and come off at the end of the pitch untouched, unscathed? I haven't heard that. So, That's a new one on me. I've got to like say. It's like in rugby, for example, we used to play rugby, say, like, your halfback, if they were very intelligent, they'd never get tackled. They, they control the game, they are the generals, they've got flair, skill, but they play in a, a dinner suit because they're intelligent. Right. Can, can I just... They make it look easy. Right. Were you a halfback? No. <laughs> I, I was grafted. <laughs> no, I was too big and... Uh, <laughs> Too big and clumsy to to be a, a halfback. But the point being is, your best footballers, your best rugby players, your, your best sportsmen and women play in a dinner suit. They make it look easy. Your best leaders lead in a dinner suit. They yeah. make it look easy because they've got a team around them who are skilled, capable. They've been assembled for the right reasons. Mm. But the biggest thing is 
They are delegated authority and power, which is crystal clear, to drive and deliver the outcomes for that team or department so the leader can step back, manage their time, elevate themselves up and work on the business rather than in the business. Mm. It's an age-old saying, but it starts with delegation. Leaders who are not very good at delegating, you perfectionists, you control freaks, you you neurotic worriers, you know, uh, you knowledgeable and smart, uh, intellectually arrogant leaders, you know, the ones who think they're smarter than everyone, they struggle to delegate for different reasons and they wonder why they feel like the octopus on roller skates. Mm. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So I think... 20 minutes there, Spence. I don't know if yeah. you've got anything else to add listening to that, but I just think, I hope it's useful because everybody talks about delegation. Mm. You need to delegate more. Even the military saying of delegate to the point of discomfort. It's easy, it's easy to say. Yeah. And I think many people I interact with struggle to say, well, how in reality do I do this? Because I ain't got the team. I ain't got the resources. Mm. You know, there's probably a whole podcast on that. Yeah. Because the reality is, is there's some environments where you don't have a big team and you don't have a lot of resources. So it actually drags you back into not delegating because there's no alternative but to roll your sleeves up as a manager and support the team and get stuck in. There's a reality to that. Yeah. Uh, And I'd say if that's the case, as a leader, roll your sleeves up and get stuck in and support the team and, and fight, fight tooth and nail for resources. However... That probably represents five, ten percent of the organisations and situations we work with. Yeah. Usually, you got to look in the mirror. Mm. Starts with you. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, when when we start talking, when when we consider this delegation dilemma, and all four points really: delegation, communication, recognition, and motivation. Um, we can we can go back to that dilemma, that that delegation dilemma, and and we recognising those three points. Of, of actually recognising which how you're going to do that de- delegation. Be honest with yourself as a leader and say, why is it that I'm struggling with this? Is it because I don't trust my team, my people? Is it because I don't think they've got the skills? Is it because I don't think... However you cut it up. If you engage in this de- delegation dilemma, this wheel, noting and actioning all four points then actually it's going to increase your trust in your people because they're going to demonstrate their capabilities. So it's not just the brain chemicals in the the doer, the person who's being delegated to. It's actually going to increase the brain chemicals in, in your brain. Going, right, you know what? This is I'm upskilling my people. I trust my people to do, or certain people to do certain things. If you don't trust somebody to do that, why not? If it's if it's because they haven't got the skills, upskill them. Yeah, there's probably, invest in your people. There's probably three reasons. If you to finish this podcast, mm. there's probably three reasons that you three questions you can ask yourself after li- listening to this podcast. You know, if I am if I am struggling to delegate, which of these reasons are are my problem? Number one, is it my own drivers and motivators? Yeah. Number one, is it me, right? And and, and that will manifest in, am I, am I a perfectionist? Am I a control freak? Am I a worrier and I suffer from worrying about things going wrong? Am I intellectually arrogant and I'm smart, smart as hell, smarter than everybody else, so I might as well, I know how to do it, right? Look at yourself, number one. 
is it my motivations and personality type and tendencies that are, are, are resulting in me not delegating? Yeah. Number two, I think delegation dilemma cycle. Am I being crystal clear from the outset of what I'm delegating with what level of autonomy and empowerment of those three levels? If that struck a chord with you today that you just delegate a task without too much communicate, without thinking about it, without being clear, and then there's discrepancies of understanding between you and the recipient, ask yourself the question, am I clearly delegating at a level and communicating what I'm delegating with what level of empowerment and autonomy? Right, that's the second reason. Mm. And number three, and it is there, as we've said, is it just a sheer lack of resources and team members and I'm overcapacitated? And and doesn't matter how much I follow the advice of the delegation dilemma, I haven't got enough time and people. If that's the case, it it might be a valid one. Mm. Answer it honestly. Um, You've got to fight for resources, right? And you'll have to roll your sleeves up at times. But you're no good to anybody in the trenches 24-7 as a leader. So as well as rolling your sleeves up, you've got to pull yourself back. You've got to be able to manage the amount of times you are. The answer will lie in one of those three. And if you're really honest with yourself, because I I do believe people blame a lack of resources for a lack of the success rather than becoming resourceful, assuming that you're going to get mega resourceful, the answer will lie in one or two. Is it me and my tendencies, or am I not clearly following that delegation dilemma cycle where right at the origin, I'm being crystal clear on level of autonomy empowerment? Awesome. If you go away from this podcast, Spence, and just start thinking about that and making a few changes to the way you interact with the team and delegate activities and tasks, it can be a game changer. Mm -hmm. It can be an absolute game changer because we can't hide behind time. Time is precious as a leader. You know, your diary is your statement of intent. The most productive leaders lead in a dinner suit because they're great at delegating, they're great at building teams, and they elevate themselves back to work on the business and not in it. Cool. Useful? Yes, very much so, yeah. yeah. Awesome, enjoyed it. Hopefully it came across all right with our new tech, our <laughs> hey. new setup in this room. Yeah. But um, cool. All right, let's leave it there, Spence. We'll probably right. come back and do a bit more on delegation. Maybe get Lydia to do a video or some animated modules in the uh, in the hub for our for our clients. But cool. Other than that, we'll leave it there. Spencer Locker, thank you very much. Martin Johnson, it's been a pleasure. And we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hubcast. 